This is Queer Invasion Radio. I am Susie Sheeler. I am again here with the two other hosts, Screamish Joy and Jessica Sukup. Ladies. Hi. Hello. And today we are fortunate to have as our guest, Dr. Joe Eckler, or Dr. Joe. Um, Dr. Joe has been a, psycholo a psychologist for 14 years and living with chronic illnesses since the age of 15. They've worked in community mental health, university counseling centers, multiple veterans affairs, hospitals, nursing homes, and now private practice. Since they're a recovering overachiever, Dr. Joe is also an author, an editor, a chronic illness coach, a creativity coach, a registered yoga teacher, and is trained as a death and mourning doula. They have been known to dress as a unicorn repeatedly. Welcome, Dr. Joe. Hi, welcome. Hey. Yes. Not you're a not, unicorn today, but you're yeah. not. I was gonna say oh. that's not that I, I I'm not disappointed, but you know, maybe next time. I, maybe next time. I would time. like to yeah. know Once more I about get the to unicorn know you thing. Oh, oh, the unicorn oh, thing. It's that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, what's going on? I mean, I support oh. it. Uh-huh. Oh, just I mean oh, they've always been one question. of my favorites. Yeah. They're, they've yeah. always been one of my favorites, and then I'm not really a big fan of dressing in costume, but it's mm. like the one costume I like wearing. So, like for Queer Bomb, you know, when it was actually in person and things like that, like, you know, just over the years, like had a unicorn costume evolving. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. If they're in, a, in yeah. your podcast, that could be oh. really something you could use. Just dress a like a unicorn. Podcast. Yeah. And if there's like a unicorn headband or like, hat or a horn somewhere like I have to try it on like unicorn yeah. accoutrement yes yeah. <laughs> yeah we had a French woman on last week and now we're all using our French now, now I'm oh très bien <laughs> merci um so can you tell me I, I, what stands out to me because it's quite personal is the chronic okay. illness um I am uh, also, uh, I, I suffer from chronic illness and I just have questions about uh, how people ever come to you and say, my doctor doesn't believe me that I have chronic pain. And how do you, how do you validate those people who, who have like say fibromyalgia? Because mm -hmm. on the, on the, uh, just along the same lines, there are a lot of people who say, you know, being gay is a choice. It's all in your head. It's not something that's a real thing. And so for me, that's sort of like, it's again, not validating who I am or what's going on with me. So I'm just wondering, how, what do you say to people whose doctors have said, no, you're, this is bull, you know, you're not, you're not in pain. Yeah. So, I mean, one, if you can find another doctor, I know that's not an option for everybody because of maybe insurance or maybe you have to go to a certain free clinic or things like that. Um, and then and then finding people who believe you. So finding support, just like um, the people you're talking about who say like, oh, being gay is a choice. It's not, but finding community that believes you, that validates you, that you can turn to when you do run into authority figures who are telling you that you're not you you know, then you can go to your community or go to your Facebook group or go to your group chat and say like, okay, this is what they're telling me. Can someone remind me that this, 
is real. Like this isn't in my head. Like this is an actual thing I'm dealing with. You know, fibromyalgia has gotten slightly better over the years as far as doctors believing it because there's like, they're looking a little bit at like neuropathy and stuff like that to see if maybe that's related. Um, but there's still other illnesses that come along and then doctors don't believe that it's real. And then over time, like science starts to show like, oh wait, that is a thing. And then doctors are like, okay, it's a thing. Um, yeah. But it, it's really hard. And, and it comes down to kind of with just about any identity, like trying to get firm in yourself and find people who will validate and that's the other thing it's hard to have friends who a lot of friends don't understand and that's mm -hmm. it that's really really difficult because yeah when people don't understand that you are not going out or you're not doing something that day because mm -hmm. you are completely debilitated they become annoyed with you and you lose mm -hmm. friends that way so is that another yeah. thing that you find that you need to counsel people and how do you what what do you tell them yeah. well I mean, some of it just sucks. I mean, I'm not gonna say like chronic illness is wonderful and there's like a magical way to, to live where it's like great all the time, right? Um, there are friends who don't get it who might fall away. You know, there's other friends who might surprise you and be able to stick around. Um, the, I think the internet, just like for the queer and trans community, like the internet's been a really amazing way to connect with people, even if you're the only person in your town that you know you know, you can open up the whole world in your computer or your phone and connect with people. That's, so that's true. Yeah. So especially mm -hmm. for people with rare diseases or people with diseases where they can't get out a whole lot, um, there's tons of uh, online communities now. And mm -hmm. I, I used to, when I was working in nursing homes, I had to run around and it was miserable. <laughs> and and oh. sometimes I would, could just open up my phone like while I was going down the hallway and go in like one of my Facebook groups and go like, oh my gosh, my, you know, this symptom is so flared up today. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. You know, I just needed to vent. Thanks for listening. And like, right. you know, I'd get a bunch of comments, people validating it, even though the people around me couldn't see it or didn't understand or that sort of thing. So we do have community in our pocket if we can find it. Like the, the um, Facebook page, mm -hmm. Chronically Queer. Yeah, that's a great new resource. I think they're about a year old. And so, right. um, okay. yeah, and they're putting together like virtual events now. They were doing some in person. That's um, cool. Yeah, because that could be an opportunity if you're in Austin to, to connect with people who are even closer. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it is it really hard. A, yeah. Go it doesn't ahead. mean to be a, a, um, a chronic illness coach. Yeah. So I'm the way I, I don't think there's an official definition, but I found along the way that with clients, um, I spent, some clients, I spent a big chunk of our sessions just kind of problem solving and um, brainstorming ways to navigate obstacles and ways to deal with symptoms or set boundaries or talk about symptoms. And then there were people who were coming to me who weren't, who didn't necessarily have like a therapy issue, um, but they had things around chronic illness, they could use some help figuring out, especially when it's new, when you're newly diagnosed and you're not sure what's going on with your body and you're trying to figure out triggers, and you're trying to figure out things that will help calm things down a little bit or how do you talk to people or how do you find your limits, like all that stuff. So that's the kind of thing I do with people in that realm. Good question. How do you incorporate, because you also identify as a creativity coach 
or and and I I guess can you talk a little bit about how you incorporate creativity into your coaching um, and if you know I guess, I guess especially as it relates to chronic pain because that's sort of, sort of how I personally associate my creativity is you know I, I I manage chronic pain and I find a lot of creative outlets to sort of distract myself from pain you know and so yeah. I guess I just wanted to hear you talk about that a little bit and from your perspective yeah I, I you have to be creative if you're living with chronic pain or like any kind of chronic illness right you have to figure out like how am I going to open this jar you know how what am I going to tell people today how am I going to distract myself because distraction can be an excellent way of dealing with pain um, when there's nothing else we can do about it um, and then you also sometimes have a lot of time to think <laughs> so if you're like stuck at home. So yeah, bringing in creativity as far as around problem solving, but also helping people nurture whatever, um, whatever dreams they might have left along the way and finding new ways. Okay, how can we do that? Um, as a way to like, just to remind people that there's more to you than symptoms. Like, there's more to you than pain. Like there's, you're still a person in there. Oh, there's resiliency. Yeah, there's resiliency. I love that so much. Yeah. 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 And as humans, That's we, find, we yeah. find ways to adapt as humans. Mm -hmm. I hear people talking about this COVID thing like it's, like it's the Holocaust, you know? It's like, are you guys kidding me? Because you can't get a haircut, you're, you're going to have, you're going to revolt. I mm -hmm. mean, I think you can adapt to this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah. but, but I think that collectively we're going to have some kind of PTSD as a country, uh, mm -hmm. dealing with this COVID thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and what you're doing is very cool. And uh, do you do everything online now? I do. I was going to go that way anyway, cause I was doing about 50% online and then it was just the push to like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no longer in the office. <laughs> like we're going to meet online. Um, yeah. Which has opened up. I've been able to meet with people, you know, all over Texas and now there's a new um, agreement between states. So now I can see people in 13 states, which is really fun. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's awesome. good news. Yeah. How did that happen? For psychologists. Um, it's for psychologists and you have to meet certain criteria and do certain hurdles, but it just happened beginning in July. So yeah. Who pushed for that? And what was yeah. that? A, a, I mean, was that some kind of a government thing? Does that had to pass? Mm -hmm. a, and who, if so, who authored the yeah. bill? Yeah, it's a it's a compact between states. So they they all made an agreement, but it was pushed for by psychologists in those states and the psycho um, cool. the psychologist associations saying like That's you need great. to be able to do telehealth in more places. So yeah, so um, what's really fun is that means I get to um do evaluations for letters for trans people in like a whole bunch of states which is really fun um it's awesome. people in other places or people in rural places who don't have um like a um a therapist around who understands or knows what they're talking about or is able to write a letter so yeah you, you think about all those that uh, you know there's there's a big chunk in the center of the country where I, I'm sure there's a huge demand for exactly that kind of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's new. I'm still figuring it out. I'm, I'm curious. With, I assume they're 
I assume they're hoping to expand that to additional states over time. Yeah, there's two more states coming next year, and then there's other states that have legislation pending. So there's more coming. Yeah. Cool. I, I was going to ask, I was just curious with, you know, COVID over these last few months, if you as a practitioner have seen a shift in sort of the types of needs that people are coming to you with or the challenges that people, or if, if it's just like more of the, you know, more, or if there's been sort of a shift in the way that people are, um, you know, you know, having challenges or, or I, I don't know what the, sorry that I'm asking a sucky question. But <laughs> no, no, it's a great question. And I think the fact that you're kind of, that, it's hard to get clarity on it is is just sort of speaks to how confusing everything is these days yeah you know it yeah. can <laughs> it can feel a bit like we're moving through molasses while on like a moving sidewalk <laughs> we're just getting like carried along but we yeah. feel very slow and like nothing's happening but we're moving fast i don't know it's a lot and so you're right people who are already dealing with issues like depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, especially like health anxiety or OCD, um, worrying about germs and things like everything gets heightened. And then um, people who weren't dealing with those things or might have dealt with them in the past, like some of that's coming up again. And then you've got kind of two, there's a lot of camps, but, <laughs> but there's two big camps, yeah. like people who are, are stuck at home with people um, and trying to navigate those relationships and those boundaries and how do you take care of yourself and what if one person really loves to be social all the time and the other person needs alone time, all that kind of stuff. And then there's people who have been home alone, pretty isolated, and maybe they're single and they're trying to figure out like, how on earth am I ever going to meet people? <laughs> how am I ever going to date? Um, what is this going to look like? Am I just going to like be a hermit for the rest of my life? And so, and we can really start getting in our heads when we're by ourselves all the time too. And so some people can Absolutely. get really spun up. Yeah. And, and people who are in, and people who are in bad relationships and mm -hmm. need to need to get out knit. You're in the middle of a global yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And then, as, and then that's the whole other realm um, of people who are in dangerous situations or unhealthy situations. Yeah or they're at home with families that aren't affirming or that are um, homophobic or transphobic or, you know, and they're feeling really squished and lonely. Like, it's hard right now. And I, I don't yeah. think it's easy for like anybody. Um, right. So we all have to be a little extra gentle with ourselves. Even the white boys are That's feeling it right now, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think everybody's <laughs> feeling it. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. Oh, this isn't supposed to happen to us. Yeah. I mean, it might feel more familiar to people who live with chronic illness because, you know, having to miss out on things, yeah. um, staying home a lot, having to be really thoughtful about what you do and where you go and um, sometimes even about catching things, you know, that's pretty familiar to people with chronic illness. Yeah. So, sure. I'm, it's really I the know. truth, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there have been many there have been many days where I'm like, yeah, this is sort of what my life is like. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, this has not bothered me. Like really, I mean, it has because it's a horrible thing, but personally affecting me, I've, I, I've not, I've known people who've gotten it, but then they've gotten over it. So mm -hmm. I, I know it's horrible. I have just never been a person who goes out a whole lot because of the chronic pain I have. Mm -hmm. 
And, and do you, here's a, a, something I wanted to ask also. Um, I have been on certain narcotics for about 15 years now. And I'm wondering, do you, uh, I, I'm what they call opiate tolerant, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you have to deal with any um, addictions when people come in who are dealing with chronic illness or pain. Yeah, I mean, sometimes and that, I mean, addictions are an issue just in the queer community at large, too. Like it's, I mean, and everywhere, like, especially yeah. if people don't have access to mental health care, sometimes they might start to self-medicate in different ways. Um, and then if, and then if you're dealing with chronic pain, you're right, like, um, there can be issues with pain medications, or there can be issues with anxiety medications or sleep medications or all kinds of things. Yeah. That's sure. it's I that's stuff that I work with kind of in conjunction with other things, but I'm not I'm not like the expert. <laughs> so that's not my main focus. Um, but I have supported people who are maybe they're a little ways into recovery or um, they're kind of working on not relapsing, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what kind of what I mean we've been kind of talking about yeah. you know covid and mm -hmm. and the, the consequences and and spending a lot of time talking about chronic illness you know what what about you know the what have you seen presenting to lgbtqi people is there mm -hmm. are there are there can you talk some about that please yeah sure so um depression as you can imagine right um especially if people feel really cut off from anyone who's supportive uh, or they, they're in a really invalidating, non-affirming environment sort of thing. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety. You know, I've, I've, um, I've had some people who like the on again, off again about surgeries, like surgery is essential, surgery is not essential. And people are saying like, do I get to have my surgery this year or not? Like what's going on? You know, I wanna be able to plan my life or how do I get my name and gender marker changed right now? Um, like there's just a lot of things that are harder right now um, logistically for people. And then, I mean, we could go. So like every issue that's big in the community is even bigger now, right? So homelessness, financial problems, substance abuse, depression, anxiety, um, you know, all of that stuff, just um, dealing with healthcare, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the healthcare system just isn't always uh, set up to be welcoming, you know, um, and sometimes is very non-welcoming. So I'm like has never yeah. been, I think is the better phrase, has never been set up to be welcoming. Yeah. <laughs> right. True. I'm trying to be like, I'm a Libra. I'm trying to be like, I'm you a know. Libra too. Fuck the hell. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. High five Libra. <laughs> Virtual high five. But which hand? Five. <laughs> <laughs> Just real quick. Um, I know Stephanie wanted to ask about the death doula. Okay. Oh, I was I was curious about. So it was interesting when I read your bio. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my god, you have like a trifecta of my interest. You know, <laughs> like, and because I've actually I looked into becoming a death doula at one point oh. and. I like to think of them as transitional therapists, and <laughs> one more one more of our transitions in life, right? So yeah. I was just curious about 
you know, kind of what took you down that path, if you, if you actively do that or use that certification or, you know, how you maybe incorporate some of that, because I also think of, I mean, Death Doulas, I know they cover kind of a big range of everything from sort of spiritual support to let me help you with paperwork, you know, and, and clean your house and everything in between. I was just sort of curious if you would maybe talk a little bit about that in the context of everything else that you do and what sort of led you to pursue that as a certification. Um. Yeah, that came more out of my personal life and um, having experience with quote unquote good death and and then really messy death. And then and then somehow, I don't, it might've been a Facebook ad. I don't know, something came up where it's like, mm -hmm. here's this free webinar. And I like watched it and I'm like, oh, this is a brilliant idea uh, because and someone, I taught a yoga class just before that, and someone had said, you should be a doula. But I think they were thinking birth doula. And I was like, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's my thing. Right. No, I'm not, <laughs> that's not quite my thing. But, um, but they were like, I'd want you to talk me through anything. And, and then like I saw that webinar and just pieces were falling into place because I saw just how much unnecessary chaos and um, hard work and argument and confusion there can be around a death and just around that time. And then I also mm -hmm. did some hospice volunteer work. And so one of the things that fascinates me the most is the idea of um, home funerals and green burial, mm -hmm. because me it's too. also, yeah, it's also really empowering. Do you follow, do you follow the modern, do you, do you follow the modern mortician? You... Yeah, she's wonderful. I've met her a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and Kermit. So I, yeah. went to, I went to one of her seminars. She did like, uh, a natural death seminar and she yeah. had like green burial people and I got shrouded. And they oh, had, okay. like, <laughs> we might have been at the same cool. one. I don't know. We may have been <laughs> you were all in. Familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. So okay, anyway, I was just super fascinated because it I, yeah. I have the same, you know, I have very personal reasons why I but it is such an important part of our society that we just sort of shield away and overlook and we don't really mm -hmm. Sort of embrace that important process of death in our society it just is very stressful mm -hmm. to me how we mm -hmm. deal with it so yeah i just really appreciated that about your bio mm -hmm. and and oh. that you went you know had that as a part of it was um i don't know it felt it felt complete <laughs> yeah yeah i don't yeah. do it i don't i don't do it actively right now because just yeah. my body can't take that sort of schedule and being on call and like maybe you have to be yeah. up for 24 hours or things like that um, but I do occasionally teach about green burial and home funerals. And I think they're especially important for our community because that's a chance to have something really personalized. You don't yeah. have to worry about people misgendering people. You can take care of their body yourself. You can dress them how they would want to be dressed. You know, right. you can have it really personal. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be in a church. You know, like there's and and it can be cheaper. Right. You know, way oh, yeah. I, I, I would don't hope so. so. I and hope way more, so. yeah, and more ecologically friendly. And so Honestly, there's just so much that's so, unnecessary in the funeral industry. I agree. Sure. It's so educational, and there was, and you know, I mean, and also just from that perspective of, you know, giving people that agency. You know, I mean, it's just such a, it, it was, it really, on every level, I was like, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> I had rel I have relatively yeah. few things I worry about associated mm -hmm. with my death, but being misgendered mm -hmm. in death is, is mm -hmm. right at the top of the list. So, yeah. you know, that's your, what you were saying there is, 
it really I really connect to that yeah yeah it's a worry of a lot of people and it happens a lot which is really sad mm -hmm. well thanks so much for coming on we really appreciate yeah. it will you will you come back and hang out with yeah. us again yeah. yeah if you'll have me absolutely <laughs> yeah we like to just hang out you know and talk <laughs> about stuff and people find that interesting Oh, we're awesome. I find it interesting. Yeah. Me too. I thought it was, I think we're fascinating, quite frankly, to tell you. So, yeah, time just flew. Yeah. Right? Thank you so, so much. We appreciate you. Um, and uh, you can be found on Facebook at uh, Facebook Dr. Joe Yoga. Is that right? Is that your Facebook? That's one of them. Yeah. Because of weird psychologist rules, I have to have separate everything for like, for therapy and for coaching. So I have okay, two different okay. websites, I have two different Facebook pages, two different Instagrams, but I'm a Libra, so that okay. I feel kind of, that's kind of fun. <laughs> Balance it out. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm yeah. a Cancer, so I have to go now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too much. You can go back in your shell, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have Thank a great you. evening and we will talk to you again lovely. very soon. Okay. Yeah, lovely, lovely to see you in person or <laughs> Zooming. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye You've been listening to Queer Invasion Radio. We're here, we're queer, and we need your support. So find us on Patreon or follow us on social media at QI Radio USA and listen to us wherever you hear podcasts. And don't forget to share our stuff and tell all of your friends. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>